We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast tuesday july 25th 2023 and ladies and gentlemen the excitement in my voice is because it's here it is training camp eve but the players are reporting today practice will be tomorrow. We'll get real live tweets from things happening at training camp. Real football's on the field. No more running. No more screaming. No more talking about what could be. Instead, it will be what is. And I, Morley, listen, I love the offseason. I love the draft. I love listening to people bitch about who the Packers didn't get in free agency. And I got to be honest with you, too. Even a sick, twisted part of me has enjoyed the content that one Aaron Rodgers has allowed us to have as content creators for the last three years. But there is no rush of adrenaline that I get more than opening weekend in the NFL. Those planes fly over the stadium, unless you're in a dome like the Vikings, which sucks. Those planes fly over the stadium and you hear that fly over during the national anthem and bang, it's football season, baby. It is go time, my friends. I love baseball. I'm a little pissed off and disappointed in my my favorite baseball team. I, I can't believe things have worked out the way that they have, but that's beside the point. I like basketball enough, but nothing compares. And I even, I love college football too. Nothing compares to the NFL and nothing compares to that more like that first Packers Sunday. And before we get there, we've got a ways to go still, but it's almost here, man. How you feeling? I'm your host tonight, everybody. I'm Jacob Westendorf. You can find me on, I'm still, I will continue to call it Twitter until they tell me I can't call it that. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Jacob Westendorf. You can find my work at si.com slash Packers Central. 
got some really good stuff in the works for you guys this week, having everything done um, for, for training camp to start. And joined with me is my good friend who I just now noticed has spelled his name wrong in the StreamYard chat, which is hilarious. Too. <laughs> Jacob, Jacob Morley. Jacob Morelli. Morelli. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how the hell to say that. But Morley, welcome to the show, man. I feel like I buried the lead there, I guess. But but how are we feeling? How are we doing? I mean, yeah, there's just a certain level of excitement that comes with the first week of training camp. And we've talked about it before. People are like, oh, man, well, I don't like all the tweets about every single throw and every single play. I do. I love it. <laughs> I think it's great. You know, take it with a grain of salt. None of it really matters that much. But I love the stories of – you know, the guy kind of coming out of the woodwork to have a, a good camp and to be like, hey, maybe this guy will be a contributor. I, man, I remember just little things like back in the day when Devon House well, out of New Mexico State was like a second year player and he had a ha just an awesome training camp. And people are like, dude, this guy looks and moves or he moves like Tremont Williams, like stuff like that is what training camp's all about. Now, did Devon House ever turn into a Tremont Williams level, level player? No, but he pretty good player. He had a nice NFL career, you know, and like just hearing stuff like that, that's the stuff that's fun to follow, especially guys in that year one to year two jump, year two to year three, and getting the rookies in there and kind of seeing what they're all about in their first training camp. Uh, and it's just such a good time. And there's – it's going to be wild. We have not gone through – really no one has – when you think about what the Packers are about to embark on with the way social media is now and people live and die on every single play, every single throw, nobody has gone through what the Packers are about to go through, what Jordan Love is about to go through in this training camp. There's not a team I can think of that had a Hall of Fame quarterback and then drafted someone and let him sit there for three years and then gave him the keys in this day and age. The only other team that's ever done that is the Packers 20 right. years ago, you know, and that was, you know, we didn't have the social media like it is today. Um, even when Aaron Rodgers took over for Brett though, I mean, it was more covered than probably any other story in the NFL or at least, you know, amongst the Packers, but this has got, it's not just going to be an, uh, a local story when Jordan Love has a bad day at training camp, when he has a good day. Like that stuff is going to get retweeted. It's going to be on the national shows because it is such a uh, unique story. And it is a story that's going to get a lot of clicks and a lot of retweets, uh, re-Xs. That was going to be called the retweet. Like I said, the, this will be referred to as Twitter and tweets until Sorry. that completely just, I, I had a good thought going there too. And that thanks Elon. Uh, but it's 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 going to be man it's every every Jordan Love rev is going to be national news and it's going to yeah. and I'm going to I'm going to play my part in it I will every time Demoski Hotkowitz you know Andy whoever it is is like man what a dime by Jordan Love to you know Dontavian Wicks I'm going to go nuts I'm going to love him be like dude Super Bowl we got the next 10 got the next 10 to 15 locked up in Green Bay again you know, and and that's what's fun about it. And that's what I would encourage fans to do. 
have fun. Have fun with it. We don't still don't know. We're not going to know. I think Mark Murphy said it today. We'll know about halfway through the season. I don't know where he got that number from either. You know, Mark is a wild card, but apparently Mark Murphy is going to know about halfway. I know. You don't know where he got that number from? I do. Where? 2008. That is when uh, they figured out. He he mentioned Aaron Rodgers after the fact, too. But they extended Aaron Rodgers right. around that point yeah. of that season. So I'm looking forward to that. The Devon House thing was funny because I always wonder, like, what if he hadn't hurt his shoulder in that first preseason? I know. Um, that, but I thought but him he, and Nick Perry were going to be like He railed his whole career. Just that one injury. One injury. It's yeah, amazing yeah. how that works. Yeah, and it'll be fun. And I fully expect you because I will be, and anybody who's listening to this, if you're going to be at training camp on Saturday, I will be there. And I will be in the stands amongst my friends and all of my favorite people in the whole wide world, Green Bay Packer fans in Green Bay, Wisconsin. I so will guys, be there. You guys know which day not to go on. So yeah, so you guys know which day not to go on. But morally, I expect where, you. Where will you? To, where will you be? Just so the listeners can properly avoid you. At practice, I don't know where, <laughs> but somewhere at practice. <laughs> you might run into me. <laughs> you might run into me. Who knows? But the point I'm getting at is, I will be tweeting out observations. I can't help myself. So when you know when love hits Christian Watson for a deep ball. You'll hear about it. And Morley, I expect you to retweet me over all those people that oh, we just mentioned. Damn it. Except so, you're gonna be you're gonna be talking about the the big boys. Oh it depends. It really uh, depends. Just got them heavy hands. I like those heavy hands that I see. They don't hold on, hold on, hold on. They're not wearing pads. Meanwhile, seven on sevens going on, team drills are going on, and Dorf's gonna be over there. Uh, checking out what kind of bubble uh, the you know Sean Ryan's got this year. Like, oh, his, you know those legs are looking thick. That's going to be the okay. Goal. This is this has turned into patronizing, and I will not stand for it. However, if they're not wearing pads, you can learn a thing or two. Like you said, like we kind of talked about last week. Do they pass the what do they call that? The off the bus test. The do, you know, yeah, the, the, do they pass that kind of stuff? But it is hard to kind of because when it comes to pass rushers, linemen specifically, I need to see them blocking people in pads. But I'm looking forward to it. I love camp. I'll be bringing my son for the first time. Um, he won't remember it, but that's okay. I will. This year's for me. Future years can be <laughs> for him. Uh, but I'm looking forward to that. I will be at also, and if anybody's going to this, the preseason game against the Seahawks. I'm bringing my daughter, my nephew, and my son. So that should be fun too, but it's a great time of year. It's, it's similar morally to it's strange. Cause I don't like spring training and baseball just because maybe it's because like practice is just practice in baseball. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh, you hit a home run off a guy like cool, whatever, you know, it's not, I don't know. It's hard to project that forward. Um, football. It's just a little bit different. And probably to be honest with you, I like football more than I do baseball. So I enjoy the preseason. I enjoy it for what it is. I fully understand it is not a a perfect product, and I will get on my preseason soapbox for you very quickly. Yeah, just because like you know, seven players on the team have the position locked up doesn't mean these games are quote unquote meaningless. Nobody is forcing you to watch preseason football. I firmly disagree with the shortening of the preseason at all. Uh, I didn't agree with chopping it from four to three because. The games aren't for guys like Aaron Rodgers and David Bakhtiari. They're for the Corey Ballantines, the Carrington Valentines, 
the back of the Chris Slayton's just the back ends of the roster and all the other people whose names rhyme and everything like that. But that's my preseason soapbox. Enjoy it for what it is. And honestly, if I wasn't bound to content creation, like I have been for the last 10 years there, and I'm very blessed to be able to say that that's awesome. Um, but I have, or I would have been able to turn games off. I don't have to watch the fourth quarter of a crappy preseason game that Danny Etling is playing against whoever the third string quarterback is for the Seahawks. I don't even know. So take it for what it is. Enjoy the games, watch them or don't enjoy the games and don't and tune in when Jordan Love takes his first start against the Chicago bears on September the 10th. So that's when you can do that. But you know what interesting storyline is there is a player for the Packers who has more is more tenured than Aaron Rodgers and will also be in the Packers hall of fame. That is also replaced by a young guy this year. And nobody is giving the kicker any respect. Nobody is talking about Anders Carlson out of Auburn. I am most excited to see what he looks like. I sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it, it matter. I will say it does matter because I've been like I was at camp. I am no, I am interested to see like what how he does and stuff. But Correct. like the thing okay. about kickers, if it, if he stinks, they'll just sign a different guy that probably stinks as well, and then just I'm, keep doing that. I'm curious to see how they do that because, like, Mason Crosby is still available. So, yeah. like, if if Carlson is just kicking balls into the stands 30 yards to the right of the goalposts, like, would they do that? I don't know. I know Rich Passaccia said they're prepared to ride out the storm with him. What does that mean? How far is the leash? I think that's a fair question for a lot of things this year. How long is the leash for – everything from Anders Carlson all the way up to Brian Gutekunst, uh, Morley spoiler alert. And this is a topic I'd like to get your, your take on. I have a story coming out tomorrow. I am of the belief and granted, this is a absolute tire fire worst case scenario. But if the Packers finish with the worst record in the NFL, it's possible. I don't know if I would call it likely, but it's possible. I think that all the big three in an organization, if you will, general manager, head coach, and quarterback, I think it's possible. All three are one and done. Well, in love's case, it would be one and done. The other guys, it would be this year and done. I certainly think that's possible if they were to go. Man, it would have to be, it, you said dumpster fire and it would have to be so bad. Three. Well, I mean, three and 14 though, is there a good three and four? I mean, I guess the, everybody no, that the thing is like, yeah, like bears narrative think they were the, they're the because best three and 14 team. If, ever, they're, if they're in, if they're three and 14 and the worst team in the NFL and everyone stays relatively healthy, then I think that could happen because it's not just about Jordan love then and him being bad enough to be a quarterback, unless you're the bears talking yourself into a quarterback being the best, being awesome, being on the best team. Um, which usually just isn't the case, right? But I think then you would you would, would open up the conversation then of like, well, we thought this team was talented, and clearly they're not. And so, like, do we have to reevaluate the guys that Gutenkunst is bringing in? Do we have to reevaluate the fact that maybe Aaron Rodgers was covering for a lot of deficiencies amongst the roster? And so, like, those are questions that are just going to get answered this year. Now, I am of the belief that the Packers are still the most talented team in the NFC North. Oh yeah. Here's the thing. But it's like, that's, that's what I'm getting at. It's like, that's, that's how bad it would have to be. Like a yes. wheels would have to fall off They're They're, they're talented enough 
and we've talked about this, even if even if Jordan Love is average to maybe even a little bit below average, they're still talented enough to win the division. They could be, yeah. Yeah, and we'll get answers to questions like, you know, how much how many warts was Aaron Rodgers covering up even in a compromised state last year, even in a state where he wasn't have that great of a season. I think those are fair questions. My thing is just this, and I've talked about that on this platform and anywhere that's willing to listen, and I wrote about 1,500 words on it for tomorrow, but that's like my my pushback is against this narrative of everybody gets a pass this year. And it's like, I don't think so, and I don't think it should be that way. Now, granted, again, do I think this is the most realistic scenario? No. I don't think the Packers are going 3-14. and 14. However, if they do, like you said, Morley, there are very slim to none scenarios where the team went three and 14, but Jordan love looks like the next franchise quarterback. It just doesn't work that way for the most part in the NFL. If the quarterback is good at all, you almost win six games by default just because they figure out ways to, to do things. That's what quarterback play kind of does. It's kind of like having a great player, a great player in the NBA almost always guarantees you like a top four seed or something like that. Just things like that. Now this team's coming off a losing season and this would be, again, think about all of the optics and the narratives and everything that would come into play. If this team were to finish three and 14, just think of all the conversations we would be having. Nobody forced Brian Gutekunst and we, all the context would be removed and everything. And I understand that nobody forced Brian Gutekunst to draft Jordan Love in 2020. And then that series of events that happened after that, which eventually turned into Rogers not playing in green Bay anymore realistically the Packers could have kind of groveled and begged this offseason too, to the thinking of nobody really forced them to trade him either. That is what the talking point would be. And when, and not only that, when you're the worst team in the NFL, I will say this, here's the other scenario I had pointed out because if Jordan love gets hurt as of, as it stands right now, the backup quarterbacks are Alex McClue. And I'm sorry if I'm butchering your name, Alex Magoo, Magoo, Magoo. like Mr. Magoo. Alex Magoo. Okay. Danny Etling and Sean Clifford. If one of those guys is starting a majority of games, the Packers are going to be the worst team in the NFL. Uh, Sorry. That's just how it is. In my opinion, the question I have for you then Morley is if that happens, then what? Then I think you still, I think that's a more interesting scenario. That's what they're too talented to be the worst team. Unless everyone gets hurt. But speaking of people getting hurt, like let's say, yo, let's say, Love comes in, gets hurt in week two. You know that's what I'm asking. Yeah, if Love gets hurt early and Sean Clifford has to start 15 games, I and they still think two I still games. don't think they'd be the worst team. I think there's just too much talent on this roster. I think I do. Sean Clifford two. is awful. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, I don't know. Brock Purdy was awful until he wasn't. Um, but it would be the I mean, Niners yeah, roster is a it lot. Wouldn't be, it wouldn't be good. They wouldn't be like a top whatever team, but uh, my wife just brought me ice cream. Wow. Mrs. Morley, what a gem she is making her podcast debut. She'll be happy to know this is not a video show, so she's not going to end up on a video portion. She is better looking than both of us. Much, much by far and away. That is true. Morley, just one husband of the year for that. Here's my take. I do think the Packers would end up the, and I just have an in general kind of a cynical view of backup quarterbacks and being awful, but Danny Outling and Sean Clifford have started zero games in the NFL. I just, I can't see it. If that happens to me, I think that's where you go. Hey, Jordan, sorry, tough luck. We got a chance to start the clock over 
with a rookie prospect that well, is and more talented. That would be that would be the interesting part of it, right? And I know this is not the fluff training camp piece that we should be talking about. This is all doom and gloom. So, and I blame Dort for this, but uh, <laughs> that would be interesting. What if it's like three or four games and Love looks good? They're like, oh boy, he's good. We, he played so well in three or four games and then gets hurt, and then they have the first and second pick because the Jets are terrible too. What do you do? You know, let's they say the Jets are great, and they still have the first, you know, the top, and, and Drake May or Kayla Williams is sitting there. you got to take one. You have to, right? I, would, I, don't I mean, I, I would, and I do think you have to. I don't think it's as difficult of a of a decision as, as it's made. The only way I could see it, and honestly, this wouldn't even – Come like Green Bay is four and four, and Love looks awesome in those you know eight games, and then they lose and bottom out. He gets hurt. They bottom out. They finish four and thirteen. Then maybe you entertain trade scenarios and and move back and get those bevy of picks and everything. Maybe. Like that. But let's too many. Dorf, too many quit being negative. Yeah. Quit being a negative, Nancy. Give me some too, fluff. Yeah. Let's know. Who are you looking forward to watching in training camp? Who are you looking forward for that second year jump? The guy that, you know, I mean, we all know. What are you looking forward to? I mean, who's going to be the guy? There's so many on this team, too. That's what's so much fun. They're they're all young and athletic. They're all young and athletic. And it could be any one of them popping off. And probably it'll be a different guy every other day. And that's Yeah, there are. And the guys, like the guy I'm looking forward to, if I had to narrow it down, um, you know, I, I think Zach Tom is like everybody's favorite potential breakout candidate, but I would like to see the right tackle position get solidified. And I personally kind of like the thought process of Bakhti. If Bakhtiari is able to stay healthy and maybe they give him a contract extension, you know, the next three to five years of the core of the offensive line being Bakhtiari, Elton, and Zach Tom, you know, and then they figure out right guard and center appropriately. If it's not figured out already, like if Runyon has an awesome year, he's certainly a contract extension candidate and maybe Josh Myers. Like I know he gets a lot of a flack because he's not Creed Humphrey. And I certainly understand that, but he's still really talented. There's still a lot of things he does. Like his good reps are, I had it described to me very well by, by my friend, um, by my friend, Nick, he said, his good reps are best in the NFL type reps. Like you think Jason Kelsey, Creed Humphrey, those types of players. His worst reps are like shouldn't be on an NFL roster type reps. Like they're that bad. So that's kind of my thinking there. But Zach Tom is certainly on that list. I am cautiously high on Quay Walker. Uh, I thought he had a very strong finish to the season last year. The problem with Walker is that the he maturity – unfortunately quite literally the the maturity issues that were talked about coming out of of georgia reared their ugly head like guys i i recently um because i was writing an article about it and i was talking about walker a little bit and then i went back and i looked at matt lafleur's press conference after that last game against the lions i have never seen lafleur look that angry still and remember this was an hour plus removed from the incident and they had lost the game and he was still very angry about it. Said he took that very personally. He's never seen that before in his career that a guy has been kicked out of two separate games, just all of the stuff that, that happened with Quay. And unfortunately 
overshadowed what was a really strong finish to the season. I thought Quay Walker was playing his best football by the end of the season. So if that is behind him with him and toolsy linebacker, I make that joke. I make that joke about him going down swinging, but like at the same time, yes, yes, that is unacceptable. And LaFleur had every right to be mad about that, but he's a 22 year old kid. Pat, who's very passionate about the game and just made, I would say he made one really boneheaded mistake by pushing the the medical guy. The other time when he got kicked out was just kind of weird. That was just like a weird situation. And if that was all that happened, that's all we would probably chalk it up to. It's like that was just odd. Like I don't that was dumb. It was very dumb. But like I don't know. He just like was on the sidelines and pushed a practice squad guy. You know. But and I yeah, don't want I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm justifying what he's doing, but. There, there did seem to be a certain level of sincerity with him after the fact, you know. And all of us have, all of us have played a sport with a mm-hmm. guy that once they step in between those lines, they are a different person. And yeah, I feel like I was Quay, that guy. I know what that's like. I mean, not to the same little, level. But. Yeah, Quay has that in him, and he just needs. I think he just needs to learn how to harness it a little bit better. Still, and um, it seems like, and I'm not trying to, you know, play the. One of my least favorite things in the world is when a college football fan kind of plays the, well, my favorite team doesn't do that stuff. It's like, yes, they do. All of them do. But it seems like there's more of a problem at Georgia when it comes to disciplinary issues. Sands, Nolan Smith, pretty much, who everyone just speaks so glowingly about, and maybe Nicobe Dean a little bit too, but Jalen Carter, Devontae Wyatt, Quay Walker, just, you know, the it's starting to become a trend. You know, Stetson Bennett had some issues coming out of college eventually. The list goes on for that, unfortunately, that last year could have been the first year where a coach finally kind of said no, or put him in his place kind of thing in terms of just like, you're wrong. This is how I'm going to correct you type of thing. Uh, Maybe that's the first time that's happened. And not only that in the NFL, you know, one of the adjustments is, and you see it all the time, right? Is guys come into the league and before they're in the league, they're, they're the best player at their position everywhere they've ever been. And then eventually in the league, everybody's that good. You know, I had a guy tell me once, like he said, what was the biggest difference between college and the NFL? And he just kind of smiles and goes, everybody's fast. Like, that's just how it is. Everybody can run fast in the NFL. Even the slow guys are way faster than you are. Here's, um, another, so here's another thing on, on that note. I mean, <coughs> sorry, excuse me. Like, some of these guys, it's the first time they're getting coached, like really getting yeah. coached and yeah, getting coached absolutely. hard. And some guys don't respond well to that. You know, no, like, hey, no. I was the best player on my high school team, my college team, and now I'm here and I got this coach up my ass every single practice. Like, they don't like it's it's tough to respond to that when everyone tells you how great you are your whole life and even your coaches. Hey, you're we're out here winning games. You're our best player. Like, why would I ever need to correct you? And now there's some guys that are getting corrected and they're having to kind of work their way through that. And the NFL, it's not, it's, it's not a place for sensitive people. Like, no. you know what I mean? It, it, like to an extent, I don't mean like you, you have to be an asshole to be a good NFL player, but like you do have to be able to turn that part of your brain off and be like, this coach is, is riding me every single day. They're, they're crawling down my throat every single day about this and that. And I have to embrace that. And I have mm-hmm. to know that why they're doing it 
And if, if it pisses me off, it pisses me off. I need to learn how to use that, you know, and not everyone is like that. And I think we're speaking. I've never, I've never talked to Quay Walker. I have no idea what kind of person he's like. Um, but I've been impressed with him. Like in his, in his media stuff, he's very well-spoken. He seems like a nice kid. So I don't mind my inside linebacker having a little bit of cycle in him. In fact, no, I, you I, need I, that. I prefer, you need that. You know, but yeah, like, you prefer that, right? Like, and that's the hard part. You can't be the the psycho pushing a doctor on the field. That's nope. Don't do that. That's too far. Right. It's <laughs> it's. I'll finish off on like the the Denzel Washington quote from Remember the Titans. Remember they get they all get in that fight, and then he says football is about channeling and harnessing that aggression to achieve perfection. That is what Quay Walker needs to do, and that's kind of what I'm looking for, just as much as I am his play here in 2023 is have you grown past that because now you got a big red circle around you of somebody who we can get in your head and we can get oh, you to yeah. do something stupid. So that's part of it too. And NFL teams will try and do that. He needs to learn from that. But I will tell you with, with Walker and the reason I'm still so high on him, the highs are very high, man. And when the yeah. highs are high like that, like I watched him his first game of his career, it seems like something simple, but running from hash to sideline to chase down Dalvin Cook, and he only gained two yards. That was a pop play, his first career NFL game. He runs from hash to sideline to chase down Justin Fields, one of the best running quarterbacks in the NFL, chases him down. Had some really great in-between. And then by the end of the year, it wasn't just sideline to sideline stuff because you can find guys that can run sideline to sideline. What sets apart linebackers, in my opinion, are the guys that can do that stuff but also play in the trenches when it's go time between the tackles and Walker was starting to do some of that stuff. He had a uh, goal line or not really a goal line, but a stuff on a fourth down against Derrick Henry. He had one against uh, Minnesota Dalvin cook in that new year's day blowout game. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, I just, I'm high on him. I mentioned Zach Tom. The last guy I'll talk about a little bit is Jaden Reed. And number one, um, I just, he's a player of the Packers. Like when they selected Amari Rogers, and I hate that I feel like I just pick on him as a bunch, but I just wasn't a fan of the pick and then it didn't work out and all my bad suspicions were proven correct. Like I was just like, eh, okay, like not big, not fast, not explosive. What He's going to be a punt returner because he was experienced at it in college and then he fumbled that job away too. Jaden Reed does have juice <laughs> and mm-hmm. he does have that my ball. Matt LaFleur talked about it a bunch, that my ball dog mentality, uh, if you will. And that was kind of the guy who, you know, when Green Bay was on the clock at 13, if I scrolled through my Twitter, everybody and their brother and mm-hmm. their brother's brother and Jacob Morley said, Jackson Smith and Jigba, plug him in the slot with Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs and watch it go. And then they, they didn't the do that. They took the discount guy. They didn't. And then they took the discount version of it. Who, what, they took him 30 picks later because Smith and Jigba didn't go until pick 20. So they and took what, him. And what does history tell us about discount wide receivers? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. They're usually about the same. <laughs> you know? Well, like, my thing if you're, not getting Justin, if you're not getting Justin Jefferson or Devontae Adams, like the next tier of guys, like they're all the same. Well, remember, Devontae was a discount second receiver round at that point. Yeah. Second, like the Packers have earned the benefit of the doubt on that. Watson looked good last year. My thing with Reed is I want him to beat out Samari Toure for that wide receiver three spot on you know the depth chart in terms of snap count, all that stuff. This is nothing against Toure. It's just Samari Toure is a 25-year-old second-year player. How much of a prospect, quote-unquote, is he really? Jaden Reed's younger. He's got more juice, in my opinion. And I want to see, is he the punt returner? Because I think a lot of us have just kind of had in our heads thinking, you know, hey, Keyshawn Nixon's the guy, but my guy Bill Huber points out today, like the Packers have – Reed is is a really good punt returner too. He was, and Keyshawn Nixon is going to play the slot, and he's going to return kicks. So I like, like there, I feel like it is a different, it's a different, like there are some guys that can return punts and kicks. I don't think Keyshawn, I think Keyshawn can, don't get me wrong. I think he'd be a fine punt returner, but he what makes this out of me, man, he's just, everything so he's gets wild. Well, that's why he's such a good kick returner too. Cause he's wild. Yes. Like, you know, his thing, his quote last year, where he's like, people tell me not to take it out but I take it out anyways. And like, he's one of like the maybe one or two guys in the last four or five years that you're just like, okay. Like with what he did last year, anyone else that says that it's, you know, and I hate to bring him up, Keelan hit Kylan Hill up because he had that similar mentality as a kick return. He, his leg exploded. Right. I mean, like you should have taken a knee. Keyshawn Nixon is is one of the guys that you always like to take it out. That's fine. I'll live. We'll live and die with it. But because, like we said, like he is a, and the the original point I'm trying to get at is as a kick returner, Keyshawn is so good because he sees it and goes. Like I feel like with the punt returner, your eyes are in the sky, and you're kind of just like holding your breath and hoping you don't get killed. And, and once you got to pick it up, ball, if you're picking it up, you got to pick it up quick. You know what I yeah. mean? Watch that the touchdown. And really the big return against Miami, you know, Nixon is setting up blocks, but once he cuts, especially against Minnesota, it's one and go and make well, one guy miss. And if you do and that, Reed, Reed, Reed can dance a little bit more as a punt returner, his, his lateral stuff, you know, his, in a phone booth, phone booth type movement ability, I think is, is really good. And well, my thing in general with the returners too, is that's a bigger, quote unquote need this year for the Packers with or potentially I should say, but with, you know, not an MVP level hall of fame quarterback field position matters more mm-hmm. than, than it has in a very long time. Dude, let's be real. Point. Let's be real about the punt returner. If Jaden Reed can go back there and just catch the damn thing, it's his job. Mm-hmm. Like that's where I'm at with how, I mean, it's just, I, it's terror. It's it. It has become terrifying to watch them return. Like even Keyshawn, we just already talked, but he is so loosey goosey with catching the ball back. Remember, like the first time he went back there and fielded a punt, he caught it like over his head. 
Yeah. Like, oh my god. <laughs> what are we doing? In the Matt LaFleur era, the only time I felt comfortable with the guy they had back there returning punts was when they had Tyler Irvin. And then prior to Irvin, it's probably Micah Hyde. Like Hyde. Cobb was Cobb was before Hyde. Yeah. And even when they tried Cobb back there, he let one bounce off his face mask last year. Like, He's fumbled just, a couple. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, Cobb. Yeah. Cobb got to a point where like, that just wasn't something he should have been doing anymore for a multitude of reasons. And that was yeah. one of them. I think that, you know, I, I, it's something they, it feels like they've had some investment made in, you know, and the other thing is you mentioned those skills. I want to see them translate to the offense as well, because like Jaden Reed, Hey, you're an awesome punt returner. Cool. We didn't spend the 50th overall pick for an awesome punt returner. So those are my guys. Jaden Reed is the one, uh, Quay Walker. And then I mentioned Zach Tom a little bit uh, as well, but morally just who are some of the guys that you're like, I want to make sure I'm reading about these dudes. I mean, yeah, it's I, Jaden Reed's got to be one of them. Just you kind of hit that too, where it's like, man, I just give the Packers the benefit of the doubt at wide receiver. If they like a guy enough and you brought up Amari Rogers. And I think some people are going to, you know, they're going to draw that c- comparison to be like, Oh, Jane Reed is like Amari Rogers because they reached outside of their norms. They, they really, here's the thing. They really didn't with Jaden Reed. Uh, Jaden Reed was like, you know, we do the, the tier one wide receivers. He was tier one in almost everything except weight. He was, he was like five pounds below what they prefer. And what we had heard is he was up to like 195 when he got, when he got to rookie camp. So they're like, Oh, if you would have weighed in at that, he would have been, he would have been a tier one hit every single mark receiver for the Packers, but he was overlooked a little bit because in almost every single tier, he was scraping the bottom of the barrel for it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, Hey, we prefer a five eleven receiver. He's five eleven. You know, we prefer, you know, a receiver that runs X amount in the 40. He ran like that, you know, and it's not like he was blowing any of my water. So he's someone to keep an eye on. I think all the young wide receivers, all the young pass catchers are going to be so exciting. Um, I'm excited to see Dubose get his debut, whatever's going on with him. I don't know because his was a non-football injury. No idea what's going on with him. Want him to get on the field uh, because he's someone that we all liked. I mean, I think there wasn't many people that were like, oh, why'd they take that guy in the seventh round? He was someone that was well-talked about, well-discussed on uh, Twitter as as a receiver that should have been taken before that. But the fact of the matter is he's a seventh-round draft pick. If he doesn't get on the field, he might not make the team. Probably won't, actually. So he needs to get on the field and, and make some plays uh, like tomorrow too. Yeah. Like I know that sounds really harsh, but like just that's, that's Christian Watson. Christian Watson was the 34th overall pick. He's bigger, stronger, faster, more talented. And this is not a slight to Grant DuBose. The same small school issues, et cetera, et cetera. Christian Watson was picked 34th. Grant DuBose was picked in the seventh round. Like Watson missed training camp last year, essentially. And we saw how it affected him. And like the blame for that from some people comes from like, well, Aaron Rodgers just didn't trust him and froze him out. Like, okay, maybe there's some credence to that, but like the, the way the Packers used him, they used him that way for a reason, like force touches. Cause they didn't trust him yet to do the wide receiver stuff. I'm not getting into all of that. All I'm saying here, is here's some more time to Bose misses the yeah, less because like, it's a, he, because it's a real thing. Like people talked about last year, like, Oh, Rogers was just freezing these guys out. And maybe there is, like you said, maybe there's some credence to that, but also, chemistry with your quarterback is a real thing it is a real thing you need to have it you need to be you need to get reps with your quarterback no matter what and and Christian why do you think it took him so long to kind of get into a groove after missing all that time 
You know, he got hurt. He got dinged up about week nine rolled around. He still was learning on the fly by the end of the year. I think you talked about it when we had Trey on that lions game. That seemed like it was the first time all season. They featured him in that offense first time. And it was the last game of the year. It probably wasn't just because they don't think he's talented because guess what they do. But did they trust him enough to say, Hey, Christian, we are going to build the ship around you this week. And, and we have confidence that you're going to deliver. I don't know if they had that confidence earlier in the year, uh, just because of all the factors that we have talked about. Like, and it would have been justified if they didn't. Right. Like, you, like everybody's like, oh, just give this person a chance or whatever. And like, yeah, sometimes like that's okay, but this is the NFL. Like, it's a meritocracy for the most part. Like, wins and losses cost people jobs. So, like, the coaches and the players are often going to go with. I know trust is like a bad word in Green Bay but that's who they're going to go with. Like, you can't just say, well, you're talented enough, toss them out there. You don't know what you're doing. We don't know what we're going to get. You might end up in the wrong spot. Cause like with these timing plays and everything like that, as if, a if Rogers drops back expecting zig and Watson runs zag, now we're looking at a pick six because yep. he didn't know where to be. Like that's, a very massive difference. And this isn't to well, pick Rod, up Christian Watson or in the, the LA game. And again, we, we dump on Rogers for saying stuff like this, but he's not wrong. He wasn't wrong at the LA game when Watts, they're at the goal line, Watson ran the wrong route. And then, you know, at the end of the game, they brought it up and, and Rogers was like, you want to catch touchdowns in this league? You got to run the right route. He's not wrong. Not wrong for saying that. You know, I think people were so worn out with them at that point that, they're just like, oh, well, brother. But still, like that's that's a true statement in the NFL because a lot of times, like you just said, you, you, he thinks you're going to zig and you zag. You're lucky if that ball falls incomplete. Mm-hmm. You know, so, like, and so that's it'll be interesting. Just you know, all the young paths. I'm, I'm excited to see Musgrave. Uh, what was it? One of the aggregate rookie uh, stupid Twitter accounts. I was like, per Jacob Morley. Per sources, Luke oh. Musgrave will be the starting tight end in Green Bay. It's like, okay, <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> you know, like who else is? Well, what the like? What the hell does that even mean? Like, I don't know, but it was funny. But in any case, I'm excited to see what he looks like, just because he is a big creature. Like, I don't know how else to describe him. He, he is, is a- the most talented tight end the Packers have had since Jermichael Finley. Like, and if you want to just go off of raw athleticism and testing, he's more. Jermichael right. didn't. Jermichael actually didn't test that well. Have you ever gone back and looked at it? When you watched, no, which is, when you watched Jermichael play, like it was obvious that this guy. Right. But he did. He ran like a four seven. Like yeah, he wasn't like a that. fast guy. Uh, but when you watch him on the, I remember. Man, this is a way off subject, but I remember Jermichael. If you remember his rookie season, they just didn't play him like right. at all until like the last week game of the the year. And they just kind of threw him out there. And it was just very much a, holy crap, who's 88? Like, that guy moves different. And then, obviously, the next year, that's when he kind of took off. But uh, that's that's way off the subject. But I think when you get into the, holy crap, who is 88, you're going to say the same thing about Musgrave when you watch him. Because guys just don't move like that. Um, he, is, he is a freak of nature. And if they can keep him healthy and get him up to speed, he might make one or two plays a week that you just drop, drop your jaw. He might also do the screw up stuff too. Cause expect that they're going to be a bunch that'll of young happen. Oh yeah. yeah. That'll happen. There's no question, but I am excited. Even stuff that all it's going to take is one 
play where Musgrave, he may not even complete the play, but his speed becomes prevalent, you know, in the open. Well, and think think about with Watson last year, just having him on the field. Right. And how much that other stuff can just open. Like this Packers offense has finally, finally seems to have like one of my biggest complaints since Jordy tore his ACL is they haven't had enough speed, enough juice. Like even like Devontae's awesome, but I never felt like they had enough. Like Alan Lazard, good player, not fast enough. Like they just had MVS. Devontae, if you gave Rodgers enough time, he was going to cook you 40 yards down the field just because he's such an elite route runner. Mm -hmm. With Christian and Romeo and and Musgrave, like it's it's not going to be – Read. It's not going to be a he needs four seconds on a five-step drop. It's going to be a Watson's got a step on you within the first three three yards of the line of scrimmage, and you're going. You know you're going to him because he's beat. He's already beat. What's the phrase? He's if he's even, he's leaving. Like that is mm-hmm. Christian Watson to a T. And I think Love is going to fully embrace that. But other guys that I'm excited to watch as well. We've talked about a lot of the pass catchers. We talked about a lot of this and that. We have not brought up Eric Stokes yet, who we got some just. Fantastic news on yesterday when on uh, the day before training camp opens that he appears to be really ahead of schedule with his leg. Um, I was texting you guys. I'm just like, if he and, and my initial thought was like, if he is back before the start of the season, he is he's a freak of nature with the way he heals, because that injury that he suffered, it was like such in a down point of the season. I think people were just kind of like, oh, of course, of course, he's hurt now. And kind of what got lost in the shuffle was how bad that injury was. Um, I think it was a knee and an ankle. It was. Um, so here's uh, reporting for Packer Central from Bill Huber. says, Stokes' recovery is right on track, his source told him. Uh, the Packers are taking a cautious repro- approach with putting him on the physically unable to perform list. It was a knee and an ankle. Um, he was rolling around in a wheelchair at one point. So he said that he had to take it brick by brick each day to move everything like that. Both injuries required surgery. It was a Liz Frank foot surgery that required the installation of a plate and two screws. Mm-hmm. That's what ended his season. So you go through that, uh, and he said that they're on track um, to seeing him potentially in a couple of weeks. Now, a couple of weeks could mean four. It could mean six. It could mean whatever. Uh, the interesting stuff with Stokes, he says he couldn't walk till about mid-January, getting back to running, moving around, getting back to break, cutting and all that stuff, finally putting on cleats for the first time since my injury last week. So it's like small little goals he got in his mind. I keep approaching and keep checking off. So the Packers, Stokes to me is like, I talked before this season uh, to my buddy, his name is Mark Trova. He's a Yankee fan as well. We were talking about guys who like raise the ceiling of that team. Um, so an example we gave was like Josh Donaldson, who was a guy who, was a below average offensive player last year, but has been an MVP in the past, like really good offensive player in his time. If he is that player or something closest to that, he raises the ceiling. Well, the point I'm making off of that is Eric Stokes to me is somebody who raises the ceiling of this defense because he was really good as a rookie, not as good last year, but really talented that cornerback tandem with him and Jair Alexander. And then you've got four guys who with him, Alexander, uh, Keyshawn Nixon, who they have a ton of confidence in. And I personally, I Nixon to me is like one of my breakout candidates for this year. We talked about him last week and then, uh, Rasul Douglas as well. And then, I mean, honestly, Darnell Savage as well. So that's five guys you could feel pretty good about as far as a coverage unit goes. 
that might give them some more flexibility to say, maybe move Rasul Douglas to safety. If that's something they wanted to do, I have no reason to think they want to do that, but it's possible. But to me, Stokes raises the ceiling of this defense because, and I love Rasul Douglas. And as much as I love Rasul Douglas though, Eric Stokes is more talented. You know, Mm -hmm. Eric Stokes was a first round pick and he's had a more productive NFL season. And I know I get labeled as like the, the athleticism guy sometimes, but really there is, there was like two guys before Eric Stokes that were like six foot plus plus one ninety five and ran like a sub four, three. And like Eric Stokes is one of them. Like, I mean, he is, he's in a rare air as far as just athleticism. And the thing with the injury for him is he's still young enough. He's, he's a child. He's still a child, you know, like, some those kids bounce back from this stuff a little bit better. Like if you're telling me, you know, a 29 year old corner has a Liz Frank foot injury, that might be just like, that might be it. I might be, you might be done, but like with the kid, I think Stokes is 22 last year. He's probably turned going into his 23 year old season. He can recover from that. And, and that was my big thing was you don't know until, you know, with these guys and these injuries. And we still don't. You know, we still don't. We're going to have to see what he looks like once he gets back out there. I think Elton Jenkins last year is a cautionary tale. Someone that we're like, oh, man, this guy healed fast. He's going to be fine, right? Just put him in there and he'll be fine. It took him, what, half, eight, nine weeks to really get his footing and to kind of become the guy that we used we were used to seeing. With Elton, um, it was eight, nine weeks and a position change. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, there's so, so often we do, like, in our brain, this thing where it's like Madden and this player's an 85 and then they get injured. And then when they come back, we expect them to just be an 85. But we've seen, like you mentioned, Elton knock the rust off for a little bit. Robert Tunyon even knocked the rust off a little bit. Um, well, Devondre even said it last, like, a couple weeks ago. He was talking about his man, I was just getting over a shoulder injury or something. He's like something I just was playing with and didn't really tell anyone about was just feeling good. And then I got hurt doing this. And it's like, you just never really know what's going on with these guys, but uh, yeah. NFL. I mean, something a lot of people say is, you know, the NFL has a 100% injury rate. If you play in the NFL, you're going to get hurt. Like Brett Favre has that Iron Man streak and he played injured a bunch. And then even eventually he succumbed to an injury. Like it just, it happens. It's the NFL. That's just sometimes, how it is. And sometimes he shouldn't have played. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I remember, like, I remember Brett Favre fumbling the ball like six times on Monday night football. Cause he had a broken thumb, you know, and they just kept trotting him out there. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, yeah. Training camp. We've gone, dude, this has been just the most random all over the place podcast. We're just like throwing names out there. Like what? You think of this guy. What do you think of this guy? But that's so what that's what training camp is, and that's what it's gonna be like for the next couple weeks, where someone's gonna be the toast of the town for one week or for one a couple days. Like Carrington Valentine is someone that we brought up already, the rookie out of Kentucky. He he's had a really nice offseason. He's his name has popped up almost every single practice that we've had people in. So, like with him, can he be someone that can come in? And kind of have that, we already mentioned, like the Micah Hyde type path where I remember when Micah came in and he was a fifth round guy out of Iowa and just go, oh, yeah, okay, kid, whatever, see if he's any good. And he just was good. Just was good right away and just kept being good. And like, can Valentine do something like that where it's like he was good right away? Can he just keep being good? And we talk about Stokes being a guy that like maybe they could push Sewell to safety because Stokes is just not going to give up that outside corner spot and they want to get their best four or five out there. I don't know, but could Valentine be a dark horse for that? Where it's like, man, this kid's just too good to keep off the field. 
I don't know. That'd be awesome. But that's what training camp's all about. Just like the far-fetched, grandiose type stories that probably aren't going to happen. And we probably know aren't going to happen in our heart of hearts. Like, how odd would it be if every single player in this year's Packers rookies rookie class came in and actually achieved the expectations that we're putting on them right now? I mean, that's a near 0% chance, right? Like, some of these guys are going to just be busts. That's just how it goes. Yeah, it's possible from the standpoint of all things are possible, I suppose. But, yeah, it, the the likelihood is that most of these guys are, are not very good. That's just kind of like if, how it works. If two of the pass catchers from this year's draft class, if a tight end and a wide receiver become good football players, like it's a slam dunk. You know, right. it really is. Yeah, I was chuckling. I had a conversation with a friend of mine the other day, and somebody said that, you know, he, he said Gutekunst needs to work on his hit rate in the on day three. Like, look at all these guys he's drafted that haven't been on. I'm like, man, so pass the fourth round. That's a dart, that is a dart throw. You're hoping, like like you said, we've talked about this a thousand times. Royce Newman is an awesome day three pick. Yeah. Uh, MBS, Equinemia St. Brown, guys like that, awesome day three picks. Like, so not like, every day three pick it, has to be like, Tom Brady for it to Ty be. Ty Summers. Ty Summers was Jeff a Janis. functional seventh round draft pick. Someone that gave you something. Snaps in the NFC Championship. Might not have been great, but it was something. You know, And, and people are going to scoff at that and be like, well, that's just because they didn't have anyone. Go look at the seventh round. Mm-hmm. Half the guys don't even make the team out, their, out, out of their rookie year. So if a guy plays out his rookie contract in any capacity, that's – you know, that's, that's a fine seven round pick. So there you go. We've given you 50 minutes of random goodness because it's camp guys. We're excited. We're back. Morley and I don't have to come up with BS topics anymore. We can finally talk football and soon enough, in case you forgot, we will be joined every week this NFL season by Trey Watson. So Trey Watson will be joining us. Uh, we believe we haven't set a date date for our first episode yet, but we know it'll be during the season, obviously. I'm figuring out just kind of the logistics and stuff like that, but we're excited to have Trey, uh, his first foray into podcasting, but his insight and just kind of helping us with all that stuff. In the meantime, you'll be listening to us for the next couple of weeks. You can follow Morley on Twitter. He's at Jacob Morley. You can follow me. I'm at Jacob Westdorf. Looking forward to camp. If you guys are coming Saturday, let me know. I'd love to see you sit and chat with you, do whatever it is that, that we like to do with those sorts of things. But if not, enjoy the football, enjoy the tweets, enjoy scrolling through the timeline and seeing that stuff back, guys. It's great. It's awesome. Football's back. I I can't wait for it. It's going to be an awesome, awesome 2023 season. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you again. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.